This is Ben from the Endless Metal Podcast. So we're bringing you today uh, something new for Jeff and I, a in-person interview. We were fortunate enough to spend um, a Sunday afternoon for about an hour or two with the great Philly Doom band, Cello Doom, (laughs) is one way of describing uh, Octus, but as wonderful as the cello is, uh, the sound of Octus is so heavy and, and massive, and uh, it was just a, a pleasure to be uh, in their company and to hear about the band and their experiences and their the origins of the band. Uh, and, you know, in many ways for Je- Jeff and I, we were a little bit uh, starstruck because uh, while Octus is new to us, um, just listening to their record... The Finite and the Infinite, uh, which was released in 2022, we are both just thoroughly blown away, and I cannot get enough of these four epic tracks, Uh, and in all honesty, if I had to go back 2022, Octus, this record would be in my top 10 easily. Maybe I'll just bump it into my 2023. because already uh, I've, le- I've listened to it. I'm looking at my repeated listens here, and it's about eight times all the way through. Um, so we start the interview. We'll give you just a little taste of the Octus sound, and then we'll just go right to our live on location interview from Surreal Sound in Philadelphia. So enjoy, and if you're listening, definitely go on Bandcamp and check out Octus and Octus's uh, 2022 record, uh, The Finite and the Infinite. Um, if you're a listener of this podcast, I could guarantee you, you're going to be blown away. Enjoy. So maybe like a good place to, to do to start then is maybe we just like go around and, you know, say your name, what you play in the band, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Sounds good. Uh, Bob, I play bass and I also scream a whole bunch. Agnes, I'm the cellist. Uh, Carl, I do bass. Uh, Ron, I play drums. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, tell us the origin story of Octus. Pretty long story. I mean, yeah. if you want to go, we'll go t- touch from the beginning. Bob and I met when we were like 16 or 17. Went to like neighboring high schools, but he was in the metal. I saw him with a typo negative shirt on. I was like, I like that band too. Um, so we played in different bands, and eventually we started playing together like late teens, and then we've done... A multitude of projects in the last 20 plus years about that um yeah this being the latest iteration uh carl joined up with us like 13 14 years ago uh he was a guitarist in our old band and then bob was like hey i want to do a band with all bass and we weren't doing anything we're like all right uh. yeah <laughs> like, but i also want cello so uh yeah about almost four years ago agnes came in the fold yeah 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 it's definitely definitely as like a bass player i've always kind of wanted like that was Waiting for a band to just do some sort of like dual bass, like heavy as fuck, like the harmonies, tremolo pick and everything. But I get tired of waiting, so we're just like, all right, I guess we got to do it. So yeah, just kind of, we were both in projects. Yeah, we were in Dervishburg. We had another project with uh, some of our other friends. It was more of like a power metal kind of project, and that kind of fell apart. And um, I just came to them. I was like writing some stuff, and I was like, hey, man, I want to do this bass, bass, and like drum uh, project. Um, you guys interested? And we sat down some beers. We planned it out a little bit. Um, that came together. Um, our first EP that came out, I think it was what, 2018 or so? 2019. 2019? Yeah. Um, that actually incorporated a friend of mine, uh, Jay Barron, who actually played in uh, Cloudminder um, from many years ago. 
And it was just, it was almost like, a, hey, I want to like work with my friends that I enjoy working with, like these two guys, and I want to include Jay. He's like, a, he's living in Albuquerque, New Mexico now, but he's oh, like, okay. always kind of did like cello, minimalist, chamber music kind of stuff. Um, so we played on the first one, and uh, we just started getting ready to play live and started putting it out there. And um, I was like, dude, you cool if we get like a local cellist? And he's like, yeah, sure, go for it. And we had a couple mutual friends. That were just like, yo, if you need you need some chill, you gotta get Agnes. She fucking rips. So we we invited her in. I like remember like messaging her and like the first sentence I was just like, hey, I think you know my girlfriend Nicole, just to make sure it didn't seem creepy. You know, but immediately I was just like, this is professional. <laughs> and um, yeah, then she came into the fold, and then uh, we started. We're getting ready. We're getting used to each other. And all of a sudden, the pandemic happened, and everything shut down. Um, so then we just started. Uh, Said, hey, we can't perform now, so we might as well just write. And uh, it's our newest album, or most recent album, uh, Finite and the Infinite, uh, came together. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great ever since. And yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. So Agnes, tell us about your your background, like a, and playing music and bands, and yeah, like, sure. like to hear about it. I mean, I started in the public schools when I was nine in fourth grade uh, with the cello. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing ever since. I decided I want to be professional when I was 12 and I followed through. I went to the University of South Florida um, for cello performance and I ended up uh, falling in love with teaching as well when I was down there. So I graduated with a teaching degree. I uh, ended up, you know, um, interviewing for a lot of different jobs like around the country, settled on Philly basically. And even though I'd never been here, and uh, I came, I've been doing that, I've been teaching for 10 years, and I started like improvising when um, I was an undergrad, so about 10 years ago. Um, I started improvising at this, and uh, yeah, I've been, I've played in a bunch of different bands, um, but I, I love playing in this band because I've been, I, I've been doing so much writing, um, and I haven't like done that in like a lot of my other projects, especially because our songs are, are nine minutes long. Right. Um, and the cello is present throughout the entire song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, writing the cello part for the album was something I'd never done before, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really glad to have done it. And uh, I really enjoy you know what we're doing. There's a lot of troubleshooting with having two bases. Yeah. And, and the <laughs> fact that we can bring Agnes in as a full-time cello player to listen to. Like not only how we're structuring things, but also, you know, things will click in our head and you know, have a part ready to go. Or when we were doing the recording, I think you had what like thirteen or sixteen or twenty tracks of oh yeah yeah just constantly like things changing, layering over itself. I mean, there's there's a uniqueness to this project where you're just troubleshooting the entire time. You you don't want to sound too muddy. You don't want to sound too open. Uh, and then having Agnes to kind of back everything, like it is, it, it is truly unique the way that everything just yeah. kind of melts together. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting that like proper tonality, like even just like playing like in the room, our practice space yeah. uh, together uh, was definitely a thing. And then like once like I mean, I don't know. I mean, Agnes could speak to it because it was her experience walking into a room with three dudes who've been playing music for. God knows how long together, you know. I've known Bob longer than I haven't known Bob at this point. Um, Bob knew me before I had four foot long hair. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Um, But, uh, yeah, like, I can only imagine, especially coming from, like, a different background. And then, like, uh, one of the coolest things about the recording of the album process, though, we were going to go mix, I think. And I wake up early all the time, and Agnes hit me up, like, 7.30 in the morning. She's like, hey, I'm trying to figure out this part. It's actually the thing over the Carl Sagan quote at the end of the record. Yeah, Um, yeah. 
So I'm trying to figure this out. I can't do it. I'm hungry. I need coffee. I knew you'd be awake. Grab some coffee and breakfast sandwiches. Come over. And I got over there, and we sit down, and she's like, I figured it out in the time it took you to get here, and I looked like five minutes away. And then her cat spilled my coffee, which is a contentious thing. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so I got no coffee. Um. But yeah, what you hear over the Carl Sagan quote, I just wrote and recorded within like 15 minutes, um, which is in contrast to the cello parts for the album, which took me so many months <laughs> yeah. to figure out like how to do that and uh, how to fit in with the, you know, using the bass in a non-traditional way and uh, the nine minute, the length of the songs. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, it's a lot. Yeah. She, she wasn't included in at least two and a half or three of the songs. Like, when, that's when we reached out and brought her into the room. So we only wrote one song together as a four piece. That one went a lot quicker. Uh, and to that point, Agnes, you know, it took her a while to not only get used to what we were doing, but also to figure out like parts of something that's already been written without her, you know, input to it. Right. Yeah, the, the recording process was interesting too. Like uh, we did it uh, again with uh, Steve Rose, permanent hearing damage. Um, well, I've known him for over two decades as well. Great dude. He's a fellow drummer, and he knows how I play. So it's really nice to have that experience bouncing back. Like he's like, dude, I, I've heard you do something better than that before. You, you can do something better than that. Like he'll give me the little push you need. Um, yeah, it's a, it was a great experience, and then like figuring out like how to go about doing stuff. Like where Agnes was like, I'm just gonna do it all from my home studio. So all of her tracks, she just layered and layered and layered and then sent over to Steve and linked it all up. So, I mean, that was just like, I mean, figuring out, you know, how we best work together for recording. Like, I have to go do my thing. Yeah. It's like, you guys could all do it remote if you wanted to, but I have to be in a room doing that thing in the it's right room that sounds the right way. It's like, the to capture, I think, drums. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome that, like, you know, we figured out how that is. Now, we've been working on a lot of new material the last few months uh, in between touring um, and life in general, obviously. But... Um, Got a lot of cool ideas coming up, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting all that rolling because now it's like we're all comfortable and we're all throwing ideas out. Um, got the Agnes riff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so I want to ask you guys about about the scene, like in terms of how you emerged in the scene. Like with Philly, played a lot of different bands, but I actually want to start with you, Agnes. Like, sure. like how did you how did you first get into heavy music? Like, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's I, unusual. I mean, and also because you got a degree in, in classical music. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just always grew up around rock music. I mean, my mom just always, you know, had classic rock on the radio. And I remember, um, you know, I started playing the cello when I was nine. And I remember like somewhere around like 10 or 11, I heard Apocalyptica. And they were you know, a cello quartet um, playing uh, Metallica. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like worlds <laughs> collided. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, yeah, it so just cool. like blew my mind. And so I was like super into uh, Apocalyptica and then Rasputina, Bonfire Madigan, mm. like all these like cello fronted bands yeah. or, uh, and it's like women doing it. And I was just like, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just like, you know, when, you know, you know, I played in orchestras and things like um, Empire State Youth Orchestra, like um, all throughout, you know, growing up and then did the classical music thing, but like always in the back of my mind knowing that like, um, so yeah, when I came to Philly, some of the first people I met were people in the metal scene. Um, this woman, Lydia, um, she actually, she, uh, she is from Philly and played the cello, but ended up doing um, like electric guitar in um, like Surgeon and a bunch of other bands. And um, one of the sickest guitar players I've yeah. ever played with, hands down. Like, and uh, yeah, she linked me up with uh, <laughs> yeah. the Philly metal community, which is where I met Bob's wife. Um, and uh, 
yeah, all of like um, the women in the Philly metal scene are actually like really friendly with one another, and um, like we all used to hang out pre-pandemic, and uh, that's how I got linked up with everything. Cool. It's really amazing. Yeah. How about you guys? Like, um, you've been in a lot of bands. Like, how is the scene? The the scene in, is it Philly mostly where you've been you play? Or yeah, for the most part. Uh, like in the burbs a little bit. Yeah, Carl. Like, like so we grew up in like Bucks, Montgomery County area. Carl, okay. you were but oh, Montgomery County. Montgomery County. Yeah. How is, how is the scene like for heavy music for you guys? Kind of. Is it has it evolved? Like, oh, it, what, it, what, was, what, what has it been like? Because I we've heard a lot, and that's one of the reasons we're excited to be here. Is like, it, it seems like there's a real strong com, com, community, and like like the Philly scene, like it's, yeah. But was it always like that? Um, I think it's definitely it's it's what you what people put into it. I think you gotta have to like try to like make it good. I think there's a lot of people that are interested in making it good, and I think that's the beauty of the scene where they just sort of like, you know, they're. Uh, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, when you put your time into supporting other bands and they come out and support you, and I think there's always been like a bit of a community um, kind of vibe where they're just trying to make sure that you know, you know, you help each other to succeed and to be seen and to get other opportunities to maybe you know keep going and getting bigger if, if that's the way, or just mm -hmm. better connections and maybe get some label help to put some stuff out. And it helps also. being in a really good band too. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, when I first started going to the shows in the city because like we yeah. were always like I mean late late nineties there was always shows at, the like, truck. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, there's that, but I'm talking about like when I first go to the city like I'm, I went to like Stalag 13 Kill Time oh, like yeah. all those old like DIY venues that were right next to each other. Um, yeah, so like that was one of my first like I saw one of the first I saw Coalesce play Stalag 13 mm. and I was like okay. Um, <laughs> I sat on top of a refrigerator. Some guy tried to give me a forty. But of course, I didn't take it because I was underage. Um, but uh, so responsible. Wink, but, but it was just like, all, like that whole scene. I was playing like more hardcore bands at the time, so it was more like yeah. it was still fast. It was still loud as hell. Like I always refused. Apparently, it's my fault we're so loud. That's according to some people over here. Um, <laughs> Being quiet. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I hit hard, so I grew up doing hardcore stuff, but always was in the metal as well. So I like kind of transitioned more into doing more metal bands. But being around that scene, like seeing like, you know, bands come up like Converge, Cave In, uh, mm -hmm. Burn the Priest, who turned into Lamb of God, all mm -hmm. play the same show. You know, that was like, oh, cool, this can happen, yeah. and you can still keep doing something with it. And like, yeah, was I like? I mean, that's you know, they're very fortunate. They are all very creative people and had a really good run of it. And just like, hey, maybe I'm not going to do that for a living, but I'm never going to stop doing it. You know what I mean? And by that time, they were like, you know, almost my age now. So like, right. it's just hustling and keep doing it. Like it's. It's the same thing. So there's people we've known for sure. decades in the scene. Like the decade Agnes lived here. I'm sure you've known tons of people for the last decade that are still involved with the scene. Um, yeah. yeah. And they it's put in the time and they put in the effort. And that's mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps that scene going. So Carl and uh, Bob, were you guys in the hardcore scene at all? Or mostly metal, like early? You were definitely more in like the punk scene, right? Yeah, I grew up in, it was punk and hardcore. So like late 90s, early 2000s. So to that, yeah, truck yeah, truck shows were always yeah. a good time. <clears throat> TLA had some good shows, and then uh, saw stuff at the Kill Time forty, and then became the Forty Forty Club. Yeah, the Rotunda. Rotunda had some, yeah. had some yeah. killer shows. The, the, the basement scene back then was insane too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Funrama uh, was a good one. I think my old band sound affiliate was the house band there for a while. The church. I felt like I played there the church, every week. Twenty yeah. second <laughs> and Chestnut. First Unitarian, they had some good stuff there too. And there was a few other places on South Street that 
every once in a while we'll have uh, shows uh, beyond what the TLA down there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it was like two, uh, two thirteen, two eighteen, two eighteen, two eighteen, yeah. something like that. That burned down, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, they all burned down on South Street. Yeah. Place, Everything burns down on South Street. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> what was the place at Fifteenth and South that was a uh... the Tritone? Yeah, yeah Tritone. Tritone. Yeah. Dude, yeah. We, we played there once. We went to Govinda's mm-hmm. beforehand. Uh, R.I.P. It was probably yeah. yeah seriously, yeah. Uh, that was that, that was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we went there. It was a distress signal sound sound of failure show. Same band. Just same people, different band. Yeah. Pretty much same deal. But um yeah, I remember Joe getting a piece of cake and yeah. he ate the piece of cake during the set from Govindus because he was really excited about it. <laughs> it just those little like other fun things I remember about like playing so many shows over the years, just like those little things of like, Oh, that show was that that dumb thing happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one thing okay. with your uh your hardcore scene uh question. Uh growing up when you're between the ages of like fifteen and like I'd say nineteen, so Right, going into that college year, uh, you felt more of a, a tight knit community because these are all people that you can relate to, yeah. And these these were friends that you only saw at those shows. Mm-hmm. So you had like this, you know, 20, 30 people that you saw all the time. You saw them always in the pit. You, like you knew them by the first name. You never knew their last name where they lived. But like, hey, you go on to whatever show. If like next week, it's like, yeah, I'll be there too. Like that doesn't really so much resonate. Maybe it's because we're older and like. You know, life happens and and whatnot, but you do get support from the people that do come out to the shows, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you you were in a hardcore band. What was your hardcore band? Called? Um, the Sound of Failure. Sound of Failure. Yeah. Um, so you were gigging out in clubs. And um, stuff? mainly just like all underground DIY stuff. Like we cool. go, you know, go in a van and warehouses. Yeah, like house shows, you house name shows, it. Um, yeah. yeah, like all over the place. I mean, played uh, uh, Legion of Doom uh, in <laughs> Columbus, Ohio, a bunch of times. Nice. That place, I slept <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I felt real dirty afterward. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very dirty afterward. Uh, That's DIY. But uh, yeah, apparently the one dude, Jimmy, uh, still actually lives out there and still runs. It's not a venue anymore. They don't do shit, apparently. But uh, yeah. yeah. I've actually found him on Instagram when we were trying to uh, actually book a, our uh, late spring, early summer tour that we did uh, that right. Bob was working on. And we were looking for a contact. And I'm like, oh, and I hit up Joe, who I played in Sound of Failure with, because we went all over the place in that band. Uh, he hooked me up with him. And I was like, oh, I remember that, because he, he had crazy long dreads. And I was like, I think he subsequently cut them off. It's all a picture of him. He doesn't have them anymore. But R.I.P. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that's basically what I did. It was all like DIY stuff. It wasn't until like... When I was like, I mean, I've been playing a band since I was like 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the guys I played with, I started playing when I was like 15. They were in their 20s because drummers, they're, they're hard to come by. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I got like roped into all this. But in the meantime, I was doing that and then I ended up playing with this dude, Rob. It was actually how I actually started playing with Bob. I knew yeah. Bob already, mm-hmm. but then Bob, Rob's the kind of guy that brought Were you in together. a band at the time that sounded, was a sound of failure? Yeah. Were you in a <clears throat> Yeah, we were doing, um, I was doing the, uh, like, a Pyrion, I guess was, like, our kind of, like, high school band. Pyrion? That kind of, uh... Yeah, it was, yeah, like, we did that, like, that. like yeah, right after high school, like, early, late teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we were, like, 21, we started, you know, playing bars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good, and we had, uh, yeah, we did that for a while, and that was, that was good. It was definitely, like, melodic death metal, like, definitely a lot of mm-hmm. harmonies and stuff and everything. Very Gothenburg-y. It was oh, cool yeah. Stuff. yeah, it's, like, yeah. death Gothenburg kind of influence yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Meshuggah in Flames. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't oh. really. Never got into the Matthew stuff. Meshuggah's sick, and it's awesome. I love it. I guess Meshuggah's not really Gothenburg. 
Like in flames. They're just in flames is Gotham. Yeah, in flames. Definitely them. Like yeah, Opeth, Dark Tower. Opeth. Yeah, Opeth. Especially like now, that's even like a bigger influence. Yeah, it's still. What do you think of Opeth agonists? Uh, what do I think of Opeth? Yeah. I don't, uh, they're, they're fine. The, the, reason, <laughs> the reason I asked this is because like, there's so much classical like arrangements and stuff of that, that music. There's a lot of music theory, yeah. But some people mm-hmm. say that Opeth are just like a whole bunch of sections glued together. Some of their, I don't know, some of their, that's one of the raps on Opeth. I like them, but I've heard that rap. Yeah, it's that's honestly it's one of those bands I haven't listened to too a lot of, so okay. I don't I don't really yeah. fully have an opinion on them. Yeah. yeah. Well, someday we'll, listen, we'll have to listen to Ghost of Perdition and then oh, yeah. you know, it's Blackwater Park. Or a listening party. <laughs> yeah, Watershed. I mean, yeah. 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 But that's Great. also the other cool thing. Like you brought up, like where we came from, how yeah. we got to where we're at. Like yeah. bringing all those different backgrounds to how we approach like songwriting, like. And also, um, you know, just like with Agnes, you know, her, you know, classical training and having that, and like also being way better at technically at an instrument than any of us because she has degrees to prove it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Uh, and the second one is in music technology. Oh, all right. Well, you're still way more technologically advanced than at least me, so you're winning that one. Uh, I think Carl uses the most like pedals and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the different gear. influences where we came from, how we did it, but also like the similarities that bring it together. Yeah. But it's like we're all like like pulling from different pools of things that like right yeah I remember doing something like this before that would sound cool over that part you know sure. Bob's doing it. and I'm just having that that rapport uh, with the three of them at this point I mm-hmm. mean it's just like like it feels like we've been doing this forever I mean we have but I mean yeah. like even just with Carl and Ag, it's like sometimes I have to sit back and realize like oh it's only been X amount of time um, but it just and it's really great just being able to create is this the, is this the one and only lineup of Octus yep yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, wh- what about the name Octus? Where does that come from? Um, that came from actually made a painting called Octus like years ago that I think is uh, now in the ownership of Mike Barron from uh, Grindcore House. I think he bought it for us. But um, it's basically um, like a scale upon which you uh, measure cloud cover. I think it's actually like a nautical scale. Uh-huh. So it's like an octa scale. So there's uh, we actually have T-shirts where the uh, the scales on the sleeves. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, cool. yeah, it's just, like, you know, clear skies to completely obscure kind of stuff. And I just thought it was cool. And clouds, gloomy, doom. That's what we're kind of going for. Kind of sadness. Clouds, kind of stuff, clouds so. is a theme. But it's so not your only like, cloud band. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not the only yeah. cloud band. You know, I only realized that, like, six months ago. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I've known yeah. it forever. Like, I literally, I was like, wait a second. Bob yeah. likes clouds. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first one, I mean, the, the Cloudminder, the, the postcard band, was a Star Trek reference. Yeah, that Which I was that not... I was like, I do love me some like some classic Star Trek. Like, right. the cons my shit. Like, yeah. love that movie. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, Ricardo Montalban, man. Oh yeah, badass. Yeah, he was so good in it. It's yeah, so we should ride him off great. that island. He was great. Seriously, yeah. man. <laughs> That's for all of you people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was actually Jay, who was uh, a big Trekkie, who was just like, "Let's yeah. do Cloudbinders." Like, all right, sure, whatever. <laughs> Watch the episode. I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is 1960s Star Trek. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into like ambient music though? Like, cause Clownbinder was really <coughs> atmospheric, drony, and uh, I've always kind of enjoyed uh, uh, somewhat of like a minimalist approach to things too. Like, there's a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of stuff that I kind of creep in with Octus here and there. Not as much, but there's something too having something just very stripped down, very minimalist, just kind of like letting it just like breathe and just like soundscape, yeah. soundscape stuff. There's this uh, one label I like out of. Uh, uh, Portland called like cryo chamber and they do like mm. yeah it's just like soundscapes it's just droney it just sounds like they left like a microphone out in front of an air conditioner or something it's just like 
<laughs> I love that. But um, I just like how it sets like a like a tone and an atmosphere, and then you can just like once you got that bass, then you can build off of it, and then you can just go like anywhere with it, and you know either keep it the same or elaborate on it or like break it and do something different. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. Makes it makes a lot of fun. Is that how awesome. is that how Octus like your process like but. Is it is it pretty? Imp- I mean, there was COVID, so you're file sharing and trying to make it right. work. Mm-hmm. But like t- when you're together, I mean, is it is it a lot of it improvisation, or do you, or do you bring an idea and then, then folks jam off like the other guy, folks in the band jam off of it? Or? I think it's a little a little bit of each. Like yeah, well definitely there'll be moments where you know I'll come in with like a couple of parts and I'm like hey I think this flows well together. Let's try to like build off of this. Maybe this could be this kind of section of the song. There's other times where we're just like improving and just making up and just like Carl bust out like a cool riff. I'm like, all right, let's just explore this a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of just like, you know, when anyone's got ideas, let's like, you know, let's go and still make it our own. So, um, yeah. everything's good. But we record like every practice right. and, uh, and we keep all those files on, yeah. on a shared drive. Yeah. So they're accessible, you know, throughout the week. So we can listen to what we did and, you know, right. pick out like what we like. Happy accidents. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like when you're listening back. We actually well, have, a, you have a checklist of happy like, accidents. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you have a happy accident checklist? Yeah, we no, had to replace yeah. the good I idea checklist because someone it's thought so cool. the results were tainted. Well, okay. Ron was in charge of the checklist, and somehow Ron just ended up with the most checks. And no one can really recall that. The first part of that statement is not true. The second is definitely true. I just throw out way too many ideas. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like so, yeah. Usually, like they'll come with a riff. Like um, somebody will be like, oh, I was like fucking around with this. Here we go. Check it out. And we'll just like play it over and over again. And people start elaborating as we go. I'll try different tempos below it just to see like, oh, it sounds like a faster part. Like even if it sounds like a really slow part, it's just like yeah, try doing like a, a thrashy beat behind it. You know, see mm-hmm. what happens. Maybe some like open double bass thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do that, and we listen to it later. And then I listen to their parts. I'm like, hey guys, by the way. I can complicate your part a lot more and make mine way easier, which is usually how it ends up working out. Yeah. Um, it's a varying degrees of success. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot, but when I do it, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, one of the things that I notice, and you know, Jeff, feel free to like chime in here because I'm I'm going on, on and on, but like there's amazing harmonies going on with Octus. Like I love harmony, you know, like the play off of the different sounds and. Like, is that a conscious thing for you guys? Because, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think 100%. that, that kind of came out of our, our last uh, band, Dirt Worshipper, where we uh, did a lot of harmonies on with two guitars. And when Bob pitched the idea of, you know, an all-bass project, uh, the first thing I did was, like, well, I have a four-string bass, and I've got a, a bass amp and a cab. Uh, to be clear, Carl played guitar in the last band, too, okay. just in case mm-hmm. that wasn't... But yeah, I had just as like uh, as another project before joining uh, Dirt Worshipper, I was a bass player, and mm-hmm. I f- figured that was like a, a in between bands. Figuring like, hey, I just I just want to do something. I don't want to have to sit and, and recreate and write. So when you when you have a project that ends abruptly, and you, you, you kind of just are picking up the pieces and figuring out like, man, put your put your heart and soul into a project, and then it's done. You're like. Ugh. Still want to play music, but I don't want to have to think and write. I'll just want to join a band that's existing. Figured, oh, I can cop out and just become a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams come true. Yeah. What, what does that? What does that mean? Cop out, become a bass player. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you 
came to this basement. Good, 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 like, good oh, question. <laughs> no follow-up question. But uh, fewer, fewer strings. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, over. We're yeah. out. Fewer strings. Self-hating ba- all baseband. <laughs> fewer strings. But in a lot of ways, it can be as hard. It's kind of like the ultimate. It wasn't the transition I thought it was going to be. And eventually, I went. I played guitar in that band. I played bass in, but. Had all this gear. When we started playing, uh, it was very clean sounding, very uh, muddy as well. And yeah. that's where, uh, as it was mentioned before, that troubleshooting of figuring out, okay, Bob's playing this note. I can't play the same note or on the same string. Let's do an octave higher. Or, hey, let's do a harmony. Let's play the third or the fifth yeah. or the seventh and figure out how it, it works its way. But the other the rule was it has to be bass. Right. But it didn't necessarily mean I can't use all my guitar equipment that I have like amp wise and that's where things got ridiculous with <laughs> amplification of, of the, the bass and then uh, mm-hmm. realizing there's a lot more if I got um, more strings on yeah. the bass so I play a six string bass which adds some of that dynamic uh, almost like a guitar sound to it at times but it's bass so oh uh, so you play an eight string six string bass. six string yeah okay yeah cool how does how does your sound come in like what do you what are you um making cello cut through the massive low end of the band yeah because it really does i mean it really comes through yeah Yeah. thanks yeah it took a it took a really long time and it was really frustrating at first Mm -hmm. um you know because like once the album came out then we had to figure out how to you know how are we going to play the album and it was really frustrating at first um just figuring because there was a lot of feedback because the the cello is so resonant yeah and and there was like a learning curve for me you know you know learning how to work the gear you know because like um it's like it's carl's stuff that i'm playing through right um yeah yeah so i like it was learning how to use all of it like how to like you know, adjust like all the knobs on the head and stuff, and um, yeah. it took a really long time to yeah. uh, figure it out. But I feel you know it is pretty figured out at this point. Um, but yeah, so I have um, a piezo uh, pickup on the cello mm-hmm. uh, that I have attached to the bridge, and uh, and then that goes into my pedal board, which is really really simple. I just have this one, um, I think it's like an Earthquaker um, like delay uh, mm-hmm. pedal that I go through and. Uh, and yeah, that's just, just do you the use one pedal. A, do you use any reverb or anything on the show? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a delay reverby like so under uh, underneath, is that what it's called? Uh I think Something it's like called that. Earthquaker, but I could be totally wrong, but it's on my water bottle, the sticker. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't have it with me. Yeah, because I mean it's it it sounds like a fucking cello. I mean it's beautiful cello, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I, mean, I was I was listening and I could hear some, you know, some reverb and a little delay going on, but it's like how does she keep the sound of the cello like so upfront and clean with the riffs and the, you know the mayhem? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it mostly is cello. It's just I just have the one pedal that I you wow. know just to give it like a little bit live. Yeah. Um, but on the recording, it is clean cello. It is just like you know right. how I, I recorded it. Um, the 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 splitting it too helps. Yeah. To the oh, you mean like live? Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. helps with the amplification because I go like mm-hmm. through the uh, through the amp, but also like up through um, at the house system at wherever we play. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, getting you know, splitting, you know, being heard above um, everything is it. It was really yeah. hard at first. It's hard to get my <laughs> kick drum through this. What is it like? Crap. What is it like for you as a drummer playing with a cello player? Awesome. I grew up so like I started playing drums when I was really young. I yeah. was like seven or eight. 
I was real young, so I've been playing for a long time. But my, my father, uh, he still plays. He's a French horn and mellophone player. Oh, played like drum and bugle course. So I was always around music, always around stuff. And like the percussive stuff really spoke to me. Initially, of course, like every dumb kid, I was like, I want to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Good thing I didn't do that because drummers are way more in demand. And I can say no to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but I was always around that kind of stuff. My, I had two older sisters. One played violin, one played French horn. So I was always around more classical instruments as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I started playing uh, Tommy got the middle school uh, in sixth grade. They wanted me to audition for the jazz band. Yeah. And uh, this is actually really funny. Um, I show up, uh, we had to go to school early, so I had to get there at like 6 a.m. Yeah. And uh, I just sit down and the other drummer didn't show up, the eighth grader didn't show up. I'd never touched a drum kit in my entire life. I played on the snare drum, I played a bass drum, I played cymbals, timpani, you name it never tried to do four different things at one time wow <laughs> talk about a complete and utter failure uh, it was awful it was the most god awful thing uh, within a month I figured it out the basics and never stopped wow yeah that's cool but yeah so like being around that kind of stuff it, it, it works out well I'm like I do like listening to a lot of classical music as well yeah it's just it's, it, something more pure and honest about it and just the arrangements and stuff um, sure sure I really wish I knew I actually had to do stuff on an actual instrument. Agnes has a nice piano that I play sometimes when I go over there poorly. And then her cat comes over and is like, yeah, stop, dude, we're done. Um, <laughs> I just want you to pet me. Um, but yeah, and then like, play, like I said, playing with these guys, it's like, it's like, it'd be weird if I didn't do a band with Bob at this point. Be strange. <laughs> I, I, don't, I wouldn't be comfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. As we were talking about, even with like in the cello and the mix, that's kind of like the biggest challenge, I would think, is like mixing our like, sound because it is yeah. something very different and unique, which I mean, that was, that was the intention from the beginning, is yeah. it to be a little different. Um, I definitely love me, love me metal, love me some underground metal, but it's a lot of the same shit over and over and over right. again. Right. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, is why we wanted to do this. And I was like, I just want to hear this sound. I want to do something different. I want to make it interesting. You know, not different enough that it's like too far out there that nobody can enjoy it who are fans of it. Yeah. But also, you know, yeah, challenge people a little bit. I'm like, yeah, we don't need a guitar. You know, every other band in the fucking world has a goddamn guitar in it. You can go listen to them. We don't have one. Just do this. We play our basses like guitars. Yeah, which I think, you know, it makes it hard to mix because some people don't understand our sound. They just have like a preconceived notion of like, this is where a cello goes in the mix. This Mm. is where basses go in the mix. And it's just like, Carl is, you know, doing some like really like, you know, like sometimes playing like these, like, like a guitar chords. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so people don't necessarily know how to mix us all the time because I feel like they're not like... Mm-hmm. Listening to the music, they're just uh, they have like a notion of like where the uh, instruments go. Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's like a rud- rudimentary understanding of how sound should layer on each other, but it's like yeah, we don't really apply to that. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. breaking that norm. You, you go on so. stage and they say, okay, let's do a sound check, guitar. Oh my god, did that happen recently? Oh, yeah. that, that literally just happened. Yeah. I was just like, do you, uh, like, did you look up who we are? Yeah. Oh, clearly not. Second guitar. It's like, oh, oh my god. No, he's yeah. got six <laughs> strings. Going through the motions. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, he's got six strings, but it's like, look, it's clear. Right. It's huge. Yeah. Him yeah. or me, who do you want? Yeah, yeah. It was confusing because it was like, there is no guitar. Who are yeah. we talking to? It does work out nicely, too, because I mean, just like between the different tones, they both run through um, like two different amps. Mm-hmm. So, so you get like different tones from the different heads um, they, but even with that all they, they run through two different amps mm-hmm. the way they have their pants lined up is completely different so it like when Carl's doing his clean stuff it's literally just straight up clean like when yeah. Bob does it he's still got that like 
I always look at it as like you kind of got like the warmth and the round and then just like the brutal crush and then you're just like the, the crush behind it. Uh, it. It's just the way it works out and plus the fact that they go back and forth with like leads. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, you both do like, you know, you know stuff and the crush. Yeah. Further challenging it, people. It, it, sounds yeah. To, yeah. it sounds to me like like uh, Carl and Bob, like you two together, like, like what Cliff Burton sort of wanted to be like in his his approach yeah. without you know on on so, those are like my favorite metallica songs those instrumentals sure. you yeah know? where oh, yeah. he's playing those those riffs like yeah because yeah. he plays it like a like a guitar with yeah. it's like a yeah. guitar yeah. Yeah. that's why yeah. black sabbath yeah. rules geezer butler was a guitar geezer. player yeah <laughs> that's yeah. why black sabbath is awesome yeah no yeah. offense yeah. to all the black reasons, sabbath guys one of the reasons yeah. that, uh, <laughs> but, i mean that's yeah, a definitely huge one of the reasons one of the many reasons right there that's the thing. There's, there's, you know, there's a million different ways you can play the bass, and a lot of people, a lot of times, you're just there to fill the bottom half of the guitar. That's really all you need a lot in a lot of in a lot of uh, bands. But right. you know, for this one, I just loved, uh, you know, being able to tune down. For, like we're in B yeah. standard, and then we drop for our last song in A, and just like the low end, just like thunder, especially when we click on distortion and just play chord, huge chords. I just think, I don't know, it's just a unique sound that. You know, I'm happy that we're doing it. And it was like one of the big goals was just like it's got to be like big, fat, yeah, all through a just giant things. wall of amps. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. A lot of amps. We we have uh, we have we'll be getting a chiropractor and whoever that is is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's really the stairs that you guys came up. I was going to say, it sucks. Is our like. Yeah, it's our, uh, our Jabberwock. Yeah, I mean, we were, like, time, we're just like, fuck this, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many A-10s. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Like, fortunately, on tour, there was, like, minimal stairs, so. I think Ralph's. Ralph's. Only Ralph's. Yeah, Ralph's, yeah, Ralph's had stairs. Uh, fuck. But everybody else was on one level, so <laughs> it, was, it was quite nice. You just wheel out of the van. Most things are on wheels. Yeah. If not, yeah. they're light-ish enough to carry, except for certain heads. heads give us, give us a sense of, like, you know, the... The amplitude, the amplification here, like for the live sure. show, for the Abba octaves. Um, just tell it. Tell play. How many amps <laughs> are there? There are five amps. Um, I played through a Sun, uh, like 1970s Sun concert bass, through a 215. It was like an Earth Sound Research Cab, and then I played through a uh, Ampeg V4, which is like all tube, which I get like my my big warm. Yeah. It sounds so good. Blow, blowing it up like so many times. Next to my head. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Does it have the old tubes? In it? Um, it's been replaced multiple times, so it's probably newer tubes now. But but, but, um, but it's like, so you have to replace those tubes, like oh yeah. Sound, yeah, yeah. I've blown it up yeah. a few times, just yeah. like running it too long, and the impetage, impetage yeah, yeah. impotence was a little off or something. Or yeah, when you think know. it's a smoke machine, but you realize it's the amplifier <laughs> literally next to your head yeah. on fire. Yeah, yeah. 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 it really kind of wakes you up. And I don't know if you've ever been to Johnny Brenda's on that stage. Yeah, that's where it happened yeah. the one time. There's nowhere to go. I'm trapped. Like, it's still fun too. It's like a fire hazard too. It's got. Awesome. It sparks when you it's like it. it's like the most yeah. it's, it's my understanding it's like the like deadliest amp out there because people have gotten shocked by it so much but yeah when you turn it on it's like psh, sparks yeah. fly out of it it's, like, oh, man, it's, oof. it's great wow. at least you sound good but <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be worth it if I die this would be worth it <laughs> what would be more metal than that I mean, that's the way I plan on going. <laughs> Honestly, so, you know, at least not so yet. So you almost died from your V4. Fuck you, I'm dead. See <laughs> you. Oh wait, I can't say that because I'm dead. Never mind. <laughs> Take you all with me. No, there, right. Has there ever been a fire? Like fire? We had a close uh, call. Oh, uh, Carl and I did with a different setup. <laughs> what happened? <Yeah. laughs> we're we're jamming. It's just the two of us. Was it? 
after we started playing? It was, was it before? All so this year? was uh, when I started bringing in more of my bass gear. Yeah. And my my <laughs> original uh, bass rig I was playing out of was the 4x10 uh, Ampeg. And then I also wired it out to a 18-inch sub. <laughs> that was like the first iteration of like my sound. But it was through this like GK, what was it, 800? No, it was a 1,000 uh, watt yeah. GK, mm-hmm. Galeon Gale- Kruger. Kruger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, so we're playing it. And all of a sudden, I got no sound. I looked up. Dude, we both look up at the same time. The, the the configuration room was different, but like his amps were like right there, and he's like this, and I'm behind my kit, and it was kind of squashed because our old roommates that we shared the room with took up way too much room with the tiniest drum kit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like we're like on top of each other. We both look up, and we just see this like spark. And it, it was like a, it was like them. a lightning bolt <laughs> yeah. that's coming through my head, and it blew the head. And it also blew the sub. When, when I replaced the speaker in the sub, there was this giant yeah, lightning burn. bolt burn through the back end Damn. of the yeah. magnet. Oh my gosh. It was it was nasty. That was that was the scariest moment. And then I just nonchalantly go, oh, I'm going to turn this off. Yeah, some pull this, get this off the wall. We also actually blew up some stuff at uh, Steve's. Our uh, permanent hearing damage. We blew up some speakers there. Three that three three cabinets. <laughs> That was so. That was on recording the, the EP when we actually went back and recorded, uh, which is self-titled, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when we went and did the uh, uh, Finite in the Infinite, we were in there. Carl actually blew up his uh, beta lead. So Steve's mm-hmm. like, ah, I kind of got you back on that. <laughs> there you go. We were talking about that. Uh, we we actually had uh, so we got back from tour on Tuesday, uh, which went fantastic. Uh, good venues, good laughs. Yeah. Sunset on a lake. But the fire department shut down one of our shows there too. They did. Yeah. 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 Tell us about that? that. In Portland, think... Maine. Really? Yeah. yeah. What happened? There was a smoke machine. Yeah, but it looks yeah. like a trash can on fire, and turns out it smoked like one too. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, but people were headbanging to the fire alarms going off. Yeah, there's actually a video of like the alarm going off and the band playing along with it. That's uh, yeah. amazing. This is one of those things where you're just like, you've been touring as long as we have and doing like regional shows and shit. You're just sort of yeah. like, you think you get a little bit older and a little more mature and you're just like, yeah, this kind of stuff doesn't really happen anymore. It's like, nope. Oh, dumb shit will this happen. still tour. Tour never changes. Never changes. Yeah. Never old you get. It's just like fucking crazy Did you guys tour like nationally? Like around, around For the here? most part, like um, we mainly did, I think when we were doing Dirt Worshipper and then this band, obviously we just done regional tours. Yeah, we've only uh, kept for, on the for, cut, for this, coast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the first tour we did uh, with this project uh, back in June um, we went to we had a show in Pittsburgh but something happened with the venue so we went to Pittsburgh and hung out and oh, yeah. two, met the coolest guy in Pittsburgh ever oh, yeah. uh, two, two venues on that tour shut down like a month before we left yeah. we're just like which, what really the so. second of which actually worked out in our, our favor which it's actually the Youngstown uh, the bowling alley Westside Bowl yeah. Westside West Bowl. Bowl yeah, yeah. Wow. that was yeah. a cool that, that is Youngstown? a cool venue Youngstown yeah it's awesome it's really cool it, it is cool. nice the best hospitality I've ever experienced greatest people the venue's dope they got two they got two the stages really pieces the, yeah, fucking they, awesome they cut oh. out so the, the oh, wow. couple that bought the bowling alley yeah, who would have thought right they cut half of the bowling alley like they divided it down the middle and then cut it perpendicular yeah. and made a stage out of the lane. Perfect. That's and amazing. That, that yeah. upper floor, which... Cool Keith just played there last week. Really? Wow. Yeah. I actually have awesome. friends that just played there recently yeah, as well. It's, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that was that was a killer, killer spot. Yeah. So we ended up there accidentally. So um, as far as the, the yeah, time, the chronology of the tour, we went to Pittsburgh. The venue shut down. So we just went to a brewery. I ran into some dude that lives in Philly out there randomly he's like 
We looked at each other. I've known that guy for like 20 years. He's yeah. like, what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> Columbus was fine. Uh, giant rainstorm on the way to Detroit. It stopped raining when we got to Detroit, which mm-hmm. you think would be the opposite because mm-hmm. it's Detroit. Detroit uh, was a cool show. Detroit fucking really ruled. The, uh, yeah, uh, our friends Phil Ruin lose their like seat or their like LP release show, and this band Croon who played, they were really great. Um, did you get a sense? So did you get the Sonos? sense? To, did, yeah. you get a, did you get a, any Source. sense to be in? Did you get any sense of being in Detroit, or was it just more like set up, play the gig, pack up? It was Unfortunately, it's a lot like that. Yeah, I mean, that's like yeah. most gigs, right? Yeah. 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 I'm just curious. That, that is the one downfall. Detroit is just like, you know, yeah. everything in Detroit, Detroit has fucking been through. Yeah. yeah. You, know, yeah. you could see But it's it. great to hear there's like, there's there's a scene. Yeah, uh, Sanctuary. Uh, yeah. Sanctuary Detroit. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were, so Bob does all our bookings, so he was looking into doing that, and uh, uh, my buddy Marcus lives in Detroit. I actually met him at the uh, Metal Beer Fest several years ago. Um, he is also has absurdly long dreadlocks. And <laughs> the first thing the guy said to me, I was sitting at the brewery waiting to go to the show. And he walks up out of nowhere. I never met this guy before. And he walks up to me. He's like, get a fucking haircut, hippie. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you're my new best friend. Because that's some <laughs> shit I would say to some asshole, too. Um, but anyway, he lives out there. And I reached out to him. I was like, yo, where, do, where should we play? Where should we try? And he's like, dude, sanctuary, sanctuary. So Bob was reaching out, didn't work out, didn't worry out, got in touch with the Fell Ruin guys, mm-hmm. and then the show ended up being in the Sanctuary, and it yeah. was literally the best show of the tour. Was it was great. great. Uh, this kind of reminded me of the show last night where, like, everything was a little bit different. Like, it was all heavy, and there was, like, thematic elements that all worked together, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, three stoner bands in a row, three yeah. techie yeah. death metal yeah. bands in a row. Like, I love all of this, but I want a variety here. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like so. Yeah, it opened up with some guy that just literally had a death cinematic, which was. It was, I should say that. You know, death cinematic was named uh, a, de- a death cinematic. I had the hoagie mouth and a beard. It's one person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, mean, I know death cinematic. Oh, yeah, 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 it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, he he yeah. was setting up his paddleboard. Plural. There's seven suitcases. <laughs> oh my god! All controlled. Yeah, so he hooked all those up, and then he had yeah. seven pedals yeah. for volume, volume expression pedals. The setup was fucking yeah. insane. So he wow. played. Uh, it was awesome, and then it was um, Soros. Uh, Soros, which was like a two-piece, like super brutal industrial dude. It was like six-string bass and a woman doing like some do vocals, vocals, a little bit of a little like sampley thing. Um, they were fucking crushing uh, all yeah. program drums. Yeah. Uh, then we played and we killed it that night. Yeah. Uh, and Croon, which was like a two-piece. Um, this person who is, uh, they're just a fucking sick pianist yeah. and ridiculous and really it's good very, singer. Like, very early Nine Inch Nails, David Bowie-ish kind yeah. of sound oh, cool. stuff. And he had a so, DJ with him yeah. too. Oh man, um, we should have been at this gig. Yeah, <laughs> it, was cool. yeah. it was cool. If you go back in time to Carl's birthday, June 23rd, um, <laughs> uh, we actually ended up, uh, and then uh, Fell Room played, and they fucking killed it as well. The, the yeah, whole show was great, but we ended up going out. It was Carl's birthday that day, yeah. so we're like, all right, we'll go out. And we, so we were hanging out with those guys and shooting the shit, and I found out the pianist from the, the uh, crew and that fourth writes all the stuff and even programs all the DJ stuff. Yeah. That dude is just like the DJ operator dude. Um, but yeah, those guys were fantastic. But yeah. like, that's the kind of diversity. It's like, it's all brutal music. It's all heavy. Like, and the show we played last night, uh, there's a uh, Cambry house not far from here. Uh, right. DIY spot's been around for a long time. We played there last night uh, with uh, Mouth of Christ. They were more like industrial kind of like program drum stuff. Yeah. Two um, piece. Big pedal boards. Yeah. Fuck to them. And they were like, you know, thrashy fucking. Super badass. Yeah. Uh, Did you say fuck to them? Yeah. Fuck to them. Yeah. Fucking great name. Yeah. Bob's <laughs> wife's actually in that. They're killer awesome. man. Um, <laughs> oh, so your wife's, your wife's a musician. 
She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does she play? She plays guitar. She's in oh, uh, nice. Fletum, and she has a new project that she's working on. Actually, we share a room with them. Uh, they're called The Fates. It's like a female. It's kind of got like nice. a, you know, uh, like a gothy kind of uh, hard rock kind of vibe. All right. so, but yeah. Put stuff. that on the list. Fuck Tim. We gotta get it's, 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 on, yeah, it's cool. up here. Oh, and then also uh, Drill, drill Tusk. <laughs> yeah. Drill Tusk. Great. Yeah, they actually practice in the room next door to us, right, right over there. Yeah. So we've heard each other for the last year or so. So we're like, oh, let's do a show. We should do a show. And then, like, this came up. Agnes stumbled mm-hmm. upon the, that venue because she lives in the neighborhood. She's like, we should do a show here. Put Bob Literally stumbled upon it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wandered into a show. I thought it was cool. I found the guy who ran it. And I was like, hey, can I, my band should play here. And he was like, yeah, okay, let's do that. And, and it yeah, worked out great. great. That's just how it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's wonderful and runs a great operation. Yeah, he's a sweet dude. It's really cool. Uh, I, yeah. I live out in Germantown, and there's a... Uh, Brewery out there called Attic. Yeah. At, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I know those guys. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been I there. I think yeah. they have Metal Mondays or something there. Uh, oh, I don't okay. know if, they're, if they do shows or just someone spinning. All music, right. But do they have stairs? Uh, not that I've seen. So. <laughs> That's yeah, good. Then, I think we might be on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're allergic to You've piqued our interest. Stairs kind of. Kind of. They're the worst thing on the planet. I hate them. Downstairs. Boo stairs. Boo stairs. Yeah, just, I love I love the idea of stumbling upon a, a venue. I would buy that shirt. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. We should make a sticker that says, you know, something like Fuck stairs. Yeah, fuck stairs. Yeah. Fuck stairs. <laughs> yeah. It's cool too, like you know, that's something something about for Jeff and I that you know, it was when we talked to Old Lucy and we talked to Sam and Andrew, like it's just super exciting to hear about heavy bands. But playing with all different colors of heavy, sure, you know, yeah. And tell us a little bit about like how you guys connected with with oldest sea because oldest sea, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't quite. We we had never heard of them, even mm-hmm. though they played Wilmington and like they played like literally ten minutes from my house. But we went to see Mismore, and they oh, opened yeah. up. Mm-hmm. They opened the show, and we were just like, I saw the name oldest sea. Was, was that like, the show we were supposed to play? What Mismore? No, no, the no. One I think that was a different one because yeah. that had. There was a, that weird Delaware show that ended up getting more and more bands added on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sorry, yeah. yeah. There's a different show. But I, I think I said to Jeff like, "Oh, the see, that's a really fucking cool name for a band." But, but then yeah. when they started playing, it was like it was surprising and just really amazing. But yeah, like, really great. great. Yeah, yeah, and it was really so, it was a great contrast, you know, sure. with the two. We love Mismore, of course, you know, um, and unrequited. So, like, how did you guys um, connect with them? Uh, I mean, I've seen them, uh, Oldest Sea, around for a while. We played a show with them at Dobbs uh, uh, last last year, January. Yeah, I think it might have been like New Year's Eve ish. It was January 7th. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's definitely worth it. Or 17th. It was the 7th. Whatever the parking ticket said. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, was pre van, so Carl and I, everybody shared cabs. I'm like really anal about drums, so I don't like sharing drums. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> but they shared a lot of cabs, so like it's before we had our van. So like Carl and I both have SUVs, so we just loaded up what we needed and took them down there. Right. And we both got parking tickets. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we, they uh, they played a great set. Um, they definitely have like a you know an interesting, unique va- like vibe. Almost have like a very sad like westerny kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I think also yeah. with, like. The heavy loudness, and I think that was kind of like the through line. Where it's just like, you guys are kind of sad. We're kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Let's be sad together. It's like, come on. I mean, we, you know, there's very different dynamics, yeah. but I felt like 
like the tone, like the the kind of mood that we. I feel like we set similar moods. Yeah. Um, and I saw them. I was at I was at work at Yards Brewing Company, and they were playing a show across the street at Silk City with uh, Resin. Sure. And uh, uh, what was it? Oryx from Colorado, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both like they're both like really great bands. Resin was Resin, Resin was really did we cool. See Red, Resin with Russian Circles. Do they open up for Russian Circles? Or was that Resina? After was that what Wrong uh, Cafe? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that show up. I was like, that's interesting. They're playing there. Yeah, yeah. that was a great, it was yeah. a great show. I, I played the stage so before. It's cool. We, we, do, we did some charity bands for work before. Mm-hmm. So I got to play on the stage and the sound's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah, it was I, I really yeah Bob, Bob as well, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and they, uh, you know, I was just chatting with them and I was like, yeah, well, we're trying to put together a tour of like going up to New England. He's like, we want a tour. It's like, I don't know, you guys want to go out together? I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, kind of threw it together and we we're lucky enough. Agnes is from up there and she had some, some contacts and, uh, Busted out a list of people to contact. It was actually very easy, uh, yeah. which is which is great because it's hard to like when you're just like dry calling somebody like, hey, you don't know me, I don't know you, but uh, yeah. you know, let me put, put my band on, huh? Right? Come on, you book it together and do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually the turned out to be one the one of the best turnouts of the entire tour too. Was like, Saratoga Springs? Yeah, I mean that, like that, that and yeah. that in mm. Burlington, we killed it. Yeah, I we, noticed on yeah. like the that tour, like like y'all didn't do any gigs in Boston. Yeah. Like you didn't do gigs in like, you know, the typical O'Brien's, typical like mm. club shows that I would yeah. see in cities. Was that intentional? Like, and you went in Vermont as uh, well. Like Vermont. Yeah. I mean, cool. I feel like it's like, it can be hit or miss. I mean, especially like, like considering like going up to New York, like we played in New York like multiple times in different bands and it's always, I've always, it, they're like, it's a tough city to break into and it's a tough city to like get people out to and sure. yeah. you're just spending money, just tolls and parking. Yeah, and like yeah. if you want to eat or drink anything there or spend the night and you're like, right. right. So, so we were definitely uh, trying to get something up there. We were like reaching out to a couple of people, didn't really pan out and I was kind of just like, it's cool. There's no guarantee it's going to be going anyway. So, yeah. um, um, I do love Boston. We haven't played there yet ourselves, but we've definitely played, um, like O'Brien's and yeah. a couple yeah. other spots there a few times and, um, but yeah, it was just more along the lines of just like I wanted to play like hey, we wanted to get up to Maine, we wanted to get up to Burlington, we wanted to like really get up there. How was uh, Burlington? Uh, I'm was, actually going to it Burlington was fucking this awesome. week. Never, Vermont. never been to Vermont before. It was cool. God, Isn't Vermont's it? Great. Vermont is amazing. Man. It's beautiful. It was a beautiful city. Like yeah, we were out on. Uh, Did you see Lake Champlain at all? Yeah, yeah. yeah we caught yeah, the sunset. Oh, yeah, so great, we took man. one of a photo on our Instagram of us and the sun was going oh, down. Oh, that's so great. And um, yeah, we played this one spot. It was called the Monkey House. Uh, it was put, to, put together by our new friend uh, Scott Gray, who's uh, just books. He books a lot of like punk bands up there and stuff and everything and metal shows. And I just kind of reached out to him. I was like, "Hey, man, we're doing this. Can you help us out?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Cool. Uh, yeah, he, he was cool. Yeah, he was telling me. I, I was talking to him for a little bit, and yeah, he does mainly like more like punk and like hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. But he heard what we were doing. He's like, "Oh, this is fucking cool." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was like, yeah. all right, let's do it. And like, even the, the venue we played, the Cambry House, they mainly do like indie rock and stuff like that. I think that was their first metal show last It night. was, cool. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And but the guy was really encouraging. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, let's just do this. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, cool. it's fun too because I think there's a lot of people that sort of like have this idea of what like metal bands are and how what yeah. kind of people that yeah. are part- partaking in. And mm-hmm. Usually it's a lot of like negative association just because of like, oh, they're just angry kids just fighting each other and stuff and everything. We're Which, yeah, there's some of that. It's there's some of that. We're some very of that. nerdy. Some of that. In the heart too. But yeah, angry, some of that. sad nerds. Yeah. I just remember You're drinking angry stuff. Angry, yeah. But it's like it's like one of those things you gotta kind of get past. I remember I worked at uh, Johnny Brenda's for several years before I worked at uh, um, Yards, mm-hmm. and I would help put together a couple shows there. Nothing too crazy, but like the bartenders love the metal shows 
Because they're just like, yeah, they're just there. Not causing any problems. Not being yeah. dramatic. They're tipping well. They're drinking beer. They're eating food. Like, Everybody's loving each other. Yeah. Everyone's just like there for the riffs. You know? yeah. Yeah. Right. They make yeah. ludicrous amounts of money. Yeah. So it's like that kind of, you know, because yes, sure. Of course, there is that like adolescent, younger crowd that are just there to just, you know, get drunk and do stupid shit. Right. But there's that older crowd that still like appreciates it. And it's just like, no, I just want to have a good time and, you know, enjoy myself. I still exactly. enjoy music. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? But um, yeah, the Burlington show was great. Then we played Saratoga Springs, which was a spot called uh, Desperate Annie's. Um, it was a free show. Um, I guess they kind of do like a, a like a industry night there or something, right? Where it's like a Monday night, but there's a lot of people who work in the service industry that kind of come out. And uh, yeah, place was place was packed. Place was jumping. Kids were into it and buying shirts and stuff. Was there a pit? And, we're not uh, really a pit band. There's moments. There's moments where you can pit. There's moments. But then yeah. it's immediately just like, ah, all right. And then it's just like, hopefully thoughtful introspection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm feeling feelings now. So, yeah. <laughs> like a whole yeah. spectrum of, of, yeah. of emotions. So get them all. Got a little, like, Try to go to sleep now. That's right. Now. Yeah, we're not like really pit inducing yeah we have those thrashier parts but they're more like just to kind of counterbalance the other stuff. right and yeah. just like the dynamics I, that's what we take a lot mm-hmm. of time to really make sure like we're not beating a dead horse and like doing something like over and over again like I, right. yeah. I, I love blasty technical death metal and stuff like that it's just like I don't think I would derive as much pleasure out of doing that as I would doing the stuff that I do with more yeah. dynamics. Yeah. Um, and plus, I know some nasty fucking drummers out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, that kind of stuff gets like a little boring after a while. If it's yeah. just the same tempo, the same kind of like... Yeah. It stays at the same level, you know? You just kind of want a little bit of dyna- dynamic where it dips down a little bit and maybe goes up and just kind of, you know, yeah. want, to, want to bring people on a journey. Kind of bring it back to that you know? OPEC, the way like there's... Segments yeah, sure. of a uh, oh, yeah. of a song where it's not it starts off super fast and then it trails into something quiet and soft and, and beautiful. Then you get that punch in back into that growl. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like I don't want to say we're like we're one for one with that you know particular you know band writing or or, or writing a song that way, but like all the elements we try to hit <coughs> on as much as possible. Yeah. Definitely similar structure. I think we definitely lean more on like the doomier side, like the mm-hmm. '90s yeah. doom, like definitely like typo negative, mm-hmm. ISIS neurosis kind of kind of vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but you know, there's a ton of different influence that we all pull from. Especially, yeah, we do love some death metal, love me some atmospheric black metal, love me some like Panopticon, Winter Filth, and all that kind of stuff. And, right. Um, yeah, then like some of that abstract minimalism stuff kind of like creeps in, where it's just like, hey guys, let's just keep it like very bass minimal, and then just. Little set of, set of yeah. set of basement for us to just fucking go nuts on and everything. So, awesome. you know. Gracion is a is a, a metal band um, based on the West Coast um, that yeah. has a cellist in it. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, yeah. there there aren't too many you know like out there, but like yeah. I definitely I would say like Gracion is definitely an influence. I was trying to think. Totally. I mean, they're they're not they're lo- no longer together, but like I don't think they had a cello player. Sub Rosa. Like oh yeah, a they're couple great. Viol- they had, uh, couple violin players. They had a couple violin then players. They, then they became the Autolith. The Autolith, yes. Which, yeah, they're great. Yeah, so we, great. Oh so yeah, great. we saw. Yeah. I saw them at uh, Fire the Mountain Festival in uh, Wyoming. Nice. I guess a couple yeah. years ago now. I didn't realize it was them, but yeah, I love Sabrosa. Like their shit's so good. Yeah. So heavy. So sorrowful. Really good. They're from Utah, is that right? Yeah, from mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, and and um, the mm-hmm. Keening is uh, Rebecca's new band. Which um, I, I haven't listened to the record, and I just saw Decibels Top Forty for 2023, and the, her record is like number 
10 or 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. That's, that's check it out. Rebecca, you know, the, the front, the singer and the guitar player, from, formerly from Subarosis, new band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah, there's something about the slow for me, too, that's like completely sucked me back into heavy music. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what is it? I mean, what do you think it is about, like, the doom? Is it, like, hypnotic or... I mean, I think it just presents a lot of opportunities to layer things. There's a lot. You can do a lot of more textural things with it. Um, yeah. yeah. I would also say as a it's more inter- is it just more interesting to play like as musicians? Playing slow and like no, actually it's way more boring. It's way more boring. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's like sometimes you can like hear. Anyway, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So sometimes it's like the pretty stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah, like the it's, contrast. It, it's intentional, yeah. and it, when it's yeah. intentional, you, you have yeah. more focus on it. Yeah. Not, and I was gonna say, as a listener, like you can like just bear down and listen to the 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 note, the chug, the sustain, the the crackling. Mm-hmm. Like there's like you're fully engaged at that point with yeah. whatever is resonating yeah. at that at that moment. A lot of times, yeah, I think a lot of times it's like almost like a textural kind of thing too, which you're listening for, especially if you're listening to a band like Sun or something like that, where it's just like, right. a, you know, just ringing out chord. But that's what you're listening for is that like just kind of crackling or like that, like just like you got that that wave and it just has a little like disruption in it along the way. And I think it gives a lot more uh, room for people to just sort of like, yeah, focus on some of the more simplistic stuff and everything because that's you know that's the metal. Metal's great, but you can like. You know, yeah. it's they're, it's great at filling up a lot of like audio audible space. You know, with a lot more like hits, a lot more notes, a lot more everything. So, yeah. but when it's doom, it can breathe a little bit more. You can explore a little bit more, and yeah. even the listener could like contemplate and think about it a little bit more because you're yeah. able to like kind of drift in and out of it a little bit. And, That's like I mean, incredibly valuable to me as a, as a listener because mm-hmm. I mean, like day to day life is just so fucking tumultuous and like sure. fe- like everything is just going so fucking fast all the time sure and just to be able to put on some music and like slow down and concentrate and, and focus on like the crackling or whatever the yeah, fuck you know totally. like, it, it, it's incredibly like you know rewarding you know? yeah I, I agree with you too like some of that stuff some of that more like minimalistic like soundscapey stuff it's almost like a it's almost like a palate cleanser for yeah me, like a palate cleanser it's like an in, in opposition to the chaos of everything exactly like I'll just like check I was like oh let's do death metal record I'll check it out it's good it's good it's good and then I'll put on something else that I'm just like right, I just need to down a minute, yeah, and I mean, there's like ramp it back up. There's room know? for both. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a Napalm Death hat, so it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it does all, I mean, in the long run, it does all come down to like we always so we'll be writing something as you asked earlier about the writing process. We'll like, all right, we're jamming this riff, jamming this riff. It's like, oh, let's try this, let's try this. Oh, I think this will sound better. And Bob will be like, well, I want to do it like this. Carl or Agnes will be like, oh, I want to do it like this. Yeah, like, all right, we'll try whatever one, we'll try them all. Whatever sounds better. That's what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. And just those dynamics have a lot to do with it. That's why mm-hmm. we do have like beautiful clean parts where I get to sit there and do absolutely nothing. Thank you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not in the songs. We got to schedule breaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did build in a chug part for Agnes, which is pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> it just it just happens. It's just like this one like little solo thing that I do, and I just like I, after I've written it for the record. Um, What's, the what first track is it on? What? What track? Uh, the third one. Yeah, the third one. Yeah. The and, um, 
Is it the light and suffering? Light and suffering. Yeah. 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 It's basically I kind of starts up a bit more up tempo. Yeah. 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 From the yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a it little is... solo part that I just once I learned it. Oh, you know, learned from what I had put on the record. Um, then I like chugged a beer, and they were like, "You should do that every time." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, guys." Because like, right, right after that goes a twist my arm. Right after that goes in this like super thrashy part, and so she's yeah. like, "Fuck it." <laughs> And I did nothing for about like a minute and a half yeah. at that point, so I'm like, eh, all right, all right, yeah. that's actually this. that's a good segue into the the last record, you know, the finite and the, and the infinite. Where's the title come from? Is there is there a um, theme that like weaves because four just four long, epic songs, right? So, sure, yeah. I mean, it it the overall arching theme I think is just sort of like coming to terms with just like the chaos, in the in the world that surrounds us, and just the inability to really do a lot about it, and just sort of like not necessarily. Not being happy about the chaos, but sort of like accepting and dealing it, uh, dealing with it. The first, uh, the first song is uh, "Collateral Damage," and that was um, kind of inspired from. I remember just seeing this like Senate hearing just during the Afghanistan war. Remember that? Yeah. How quaint and long ago that war was. That was yeah. for twenty fucking years. Um, uh, it was it's just like the this, longest fucking war. Seriously, yeah. But there was just this like Afghan child that was talking about how they don't play outside when the sun's out because that's when the drones fly. And then they get like bombed, and uh, only on the cloudy, cloudy skies is when they go out and actually play because they're not like flying. It's just like, oh, that's kind of on brand. Yeah. So it's a lot about. <clears throat> it's not political by any means, but it's like <clears throat> just on the uh, on the uh, you know just the uh, American imperialistic war process where it's just mm-hmm. like, hey guys, I don't know, maybe we're the monsters now. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a little like kind of fucked up that we're doing this. Um, the second song, Epicene, is kind of about how uh, it's a lot of. Uh, uh, like climate change, like environmental doom, in a lot of ways, which I think is something that everyone should get behind, right? We gotta keep take care, of, like all of our shits here. We gotta take care of this place, right? You know, yeah. which just blows my mind sometimes how people are just like, nah, fuck it. Um, but um, yeah. um, sort of stems from that and how like we've never really evolved and we're still just like fucking still animals, still monsters and beasts that are just taking what we can and just fucking not giving a shit and. Uh, Light and the Suffering is definitely more of a sort of like a mental health kind of like yeah. uh, issue song where it's, you know, you just kind of get trapped um, in this like feeling of like not being able to like succeed. And, and, and all I say, I feel fortunate that I haven't um, really felt that way in a long while. I credit my wife for a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, just sort of like almost getting comfortable with being like miserable in a way, you know, yeah. where it's just sort of like, yeah, but I'm here all the time. So it's like home now, you know, I know where it is. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, uh, long dreamless sleep. I was definitely going through a long, a big uh, like Carl Sagan kick where he just yeah. was just so good at just sort of like succinctly like just like putting things like there are these big massive kind of concepts of like how the world and how it works, but just really like distilling it down to like its core, yeah. like almost kind of like spiritual kind of essence where it's just like, hey man, this is. Do you write all the lyrics? I do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. You mind if we take a, a closer look? It's one of the things we love to do. Like, cause sure, it, it's kind of like strange to us you know with this music it's so heavy and a lot of talk with bands and about this music they people don't talk about the lyrics and it's like i read your lyrics and i find them to be like really poetic and pretty powerful so you might have like i i I share one of the sections um that you you wrote and maybe we can riff off of it a little bit sure it obviously made it might have multiple meanings um but i i highlighted this section from um from Light and the Suffering. Mm. Um, that goes right here. So, billions of suns and skies, 
we inherit that which never dies. The traits left by our existence echoes out into the void. Countless lies and countless death, compassion is long bereft. Indifference is inevitable when you're finite in the infinite. Oh yeah, that was the uh, that was that's, that's, the, uh, that's the last. Yeah, that's freezing. the tail song of uh, the the last lyrical parts of the uh, of yeah, long dreamless sleep. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it it's, it kind of is like the the last lyrical part, and it's just sort of talking about all these kind of like bigger things that we don't necessarily have control over that we're trying to have control over, um, and just sort of like you, you you can't really blame yourself, and you can't really blame humanity for a lot of the a lot of the struggles. We're all just kind of kind of going through it and figuring it out and it was definitely one of those uh you know like moments where you know again listening to carl sagan where you know you just kind of step back in his instance like way back and how yeah. we're just sort of like so insignificant and you know the earth's going to go on for fucking billions of years billions past when humans exist. humans exist you know what i mean and it's mm-hmm. just sort of like it's kind of tough to really it's like kind of the challenge, you know, where it's just sort of like we care, we care, we care, we care about all this horrible stuff that's happening. But then it's also just sort of like, ah, we're just a blip in this fucking existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like, I mean, I want to do, you know, and I try to try to live a good life. I'm sure we all do. You know, we try to contribute and do what we can to, to make our not only our lives better, but our community community lives or work lives better. Um, but yeah, just, just yeah, some sometimes just insurmountable, uh, yeah. you know, uh, things, which... Uh, it's very, very heavy because it's like, as individuals, I mean, it really puts into perspective like our, our, the lack of control we have in this, yeah. you know, in this world we're in. Right? But at the same yeah. time, also exemplifies the complete and utter control you have over what you do on a which daily basis. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is uh, the, the the funny thing you bring up. So like, Bob does write all the lyrics. He right. does all the vocal arrangements. Literally, does not ask us one thing about it. And we don't question a fucking thing about it because we don't have to. Um, but also, also the material too. Like when I finally like went and read what I mean, we've been doing this so long. I'm just like Bob could be writing a song about how he's going to murder me later, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm down if it sounds good. Cool. We'll see Kill me, dude. Next I'm, album. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, like he could literally goes. be doing that. I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, we're doing this. I'm gonna lay down some killer shit. I wish I knew this so I could make it better. But in any case, um, uh, how profound that actually rung with me when I did read those lyrics yeah. and yeah. how I operate and you guys all I mean these are my closest friends period yeah. and you can't spend days on end in a van with people unless you're really that fucking close to them and oh. like yeah. it's not just a music thing it's just like it's us as people mm-hmm. like, and that's why I think this whole project works even more mm. um, it just the most honest representation of what I want to do on a regular basis. But those lyrics, when I saw that, I'm just like, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Like it's, you are just this thing and all this other shit's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do with it. And yeah. you want to make sure you do it the right way. And like when I did, I, I've actually never even told Bob this. So everybody's here this the first time. Like it really meant a lot to me when I actually fucking sat down and read them. Oh, thanks man. I appreciate Cause, it. Cause uh, yeah. like I, the, the whole last phrase actually brings it's the end of the record and that was like the first song we actually when Agnes started playing with it that was the first song we actually finished together mm. funny enough the opening track Collateral Damage yeah. was the last song we wrote and was the quickest one we wrote uh, uh, together pretty oddly, oddly enough <laughs> uh, we had those parts floating around for a while and we had this yeah. one 
there's a, uh, I'm sure everybody in a band out there can definitely agree with this. There's that one fucking part. You, all, you like it, but it never yeah. fits anywhere. <laughs> and we still haven't used it. It's still sitting around in the room somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like that really spoke volumes to me on top of that. Like not only having that connection doing music for all these years, but like he literally wrote a song. I'm just like, thank you. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it meant a lot to me. Uh, that means a lot to me, man. And I literally enjoy it. have not told him that ever. <laughs> Go ahead, stand up and hug. No, no yeah. he's too far away, and I get a pee. Hugging is heavy. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll take a good hug any day of the week. In fact, yeah. you both are getting giant hugs after this. But about tour, though, like it felt we weird on the last day, like when we all parted ways. Mm. Like, it sucked. No, yeah. it's just like I like I I went and I, yeah. I got dinner with my boyfriends, and you know we had like a nice night, yeah. but I was like. Feels weird not to be around the guys. I've like because we had spent like every moment together for yeah, the past yeah. five days. So oh, yeah. the whole drive was great. It was a little over thirteen hundred miles round trip. Wow. Yeah. The shittiest part was the last hour coming back into Philly. Always the is. sun was sitting. Always is coming into Philly. Like I love Philly, but fucking Christ, every time we come back, <laughs> it's just <laughs> Jesus. It was uh, unless you're coming from the south at night, it's awesome. Uh, but the sun was just like on the Jersey Turnpike, right yeah. in the face. No matter where I put the visor in the fucking van, didn't do yeah. shit. I was like cocking my hat at like weird angles mm-hmm. I had Bob mm-hmm. adjusting visors on the passenger seat no, nothing worked it got worse when we got the PA side on 95 mm-hmm. coming down and I, I only live a few blocks from here I'm like five minutes from here yeah. so we're, I'm literally off the Allegheny exit on 95 and literally we're coming down the sun goes down behind the building something alright that's where we're at but we're all kind of like beat it was like a long drive we had a big breakfast uh, hung out with Agnes's mom in a, up by her in her homeland oh yeah um, yeah yeah Saratoga yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm from like um, well it's connected to you basically okay I, yeah. I grew up near Poughkeepsie oh okay yeah okay, cool, cool that's cool. awesome Okay. Yeah, but we yeah. get back and we're all kind of like drained and I'm like my eyes are fucking killing me from like getting blinded by the sun sure. yeah. so we go back to my place and then like everybody leaves and I'm just like Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Playing another show uh, tonight. So, yeah, yeah. Ended up having... But it's just like that go, 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 go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, work, and then and back to regular work. Back to the grind. Right. Which yeah. isn't a bad thing. I like my job, so I don't give right. a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're very generous letting me do what I do, so... <laughs> Yeah. In fact, they want me to do it more, so they have to see me less. I think sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both brewers. You're no, 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 no. I'm not a brewer. Uh, I mean, I'm you're, you're in customer service. <laughs> you're in cust- Like, what do you do? Uh, I, I, I do things. Just leave it. Just what do you do? <laughs> and you're a teacher, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Teacher. Yeah. For the Philadelphia school districts, the public schools. Yep. Are you a music teacher? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm an orchestra director and string teacher. Oh, that's awesome. At uh, six different schools, I wow. am itinerant. So. Yeah. Carl's in the witness protection program. Carl's <laughs> Very true. Should we mask your voice on this? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Uh, so I work for a uh, very small financial firm uh, mm-hmm. called Vanguard. Vanguard. <laughs> it's super tiny. Yeah. It's a boutique firm. A we're up and coming. <laughs> not sure if we're going to make it. But I've been there for 17 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the cool thing about, like, so relative, you were talking about like where you come from, where you're at now. Yeah. You learn so much about doing bands from when you start doing it early. Yeah. And you kind of figure it out in your 20s and in the 30s, you're like, I almost got it. Yeah. Now that we're all old, except for Agnes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, oh no, I totally know how to do everything. We all have good jobs. We've all been there a long time. Yeah. It's like, all right, we can manage this other shit. It's, it's a lot easier. And especially because it's like, yeah. like, yeah, I would, if I could do what we did for the last week all the time. 
to- I'm totally built for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally built for that. I want to be on the road. Yeah. I want to go just play music in random places. Mm-hmm. I want to go through a walk in some random park. Yeah. I want to have a really sketchy picture of me touching a statue of a Sasquatch dick. Um, <laughs> which was a thing. I don't know if you saw our Instagram. <laughs> it was there. Yeah. I mean, he was asking for it. Mm. Just kidding. I mean, <laughs> like, look at the way he's dressed. <laughs> and we're canceled. Yeah. Oh. It's a great thing. It's a great It doesn't even count as a real thing. It's a big uh, Sasquatch Ken doll. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So basically, we like when we go places, we like we all have our roles to get like ready for tour, and then yeah. like, we go places. We're like, all right, we can go here, 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 and there was a cryptid museum. Next to a brewery, next oh, to yeah. our hotel. Where was this? Uh, in Portland. Portland. Oh, really? Yeah. We didn't go Man. in the Cryptid Museum. Portland it looked kind of lame, not going to lie. I peeked in, I was outside, and I looked in, I'm like, ah, I'm oh, good. Even if it looks uh-huh. kind of lame, like... The brewery is pretty solid, though. We had yeah. They have great beer, man. So it was good. Yeah, they, they like their hazy shit up there. Yeah, oh, New it's England. They have really good mead. They have really good mead in Maine. From what I understand, mead, too. yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard the mead scene up there is really awesome. <laughs> I drink mead. Birmingham Horn in Delaware is really good. Oh yeah, yeah. I know those guys. Stuff. Yeah, those guys, great. Yeah, they, uh, they do they, some metal shows. Too. Yeah, yeah, they, they do the metal yeah. and beer fest. So I, I, Bob and I work that every year. It's one of the Dragon's uh, Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the beat mead. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a little too much for me. <laughs> That's good stuff. Got to be careful with that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Definitely. pretty potent. So for yeah. so for the wind down here, um, what, what's going on now with with Octus? Like, are you all? It sounded like you all. Were, are you writing? Yeah, new yeah. record. Yeah. Tell us, about the, tell us about the new record. Like, what's going on? I don't know, we're just writing new material. I, I think we've got mm-hmm. like two songs that are close, um, but and yeah, a bunch I mean, of other ideas floating around as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, new record is is what that's that's the mm-hmm. next thing. Get it yeah. written and recorded. Yeah, we're all kind of winding down for the rest of the year. We'll probably do some stuff next year. We might do another weekender or two. We'll see what comes our way. But generally, yeah, we're looking forward to. I'm like I'm sorry, I'm looking forward to just buckling down and just writing and making stuff again. You know, not that, not that touring and all that stuff isn't fun, but you know, I don't know. Part of it, the other other side of fun is making stuff and writing stuff, and recording. Yeah, stuff, just being so. creative. Like, I mean, it's yeah. really funny after like we spoke about it. It's just like I'm sure every other band that's done multiple tour dates is a thing. It's like you guys. It's like you start the set and she's like, oh, there we are. We're good. It's yeah. over, and you don't even realize a half. 35 minutes went by right okay. and not that you weren't enjoying it and it, like it, it's fun I remember every aspect of it but it's just like you get so reined into it but just like, like it, the, the creative aspect is what really draws us all to this and that's why we still continue to do it after all this time mm. um, and like, we have so many great ideas floating around like some songs yeah. like half arranged some songs kind of arranged yeah um, some just concepts and a bunch just, of you know, ideas floating around on top a of that. Heap of riffs that yeah. we can just pull off and, I mean, and it's plug been, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's been great. Like, I mean, everybody like throwing shit in. Like, it, it's been a lot of fun. And like, listen to this recording. It's like, I'll come over here because I don't live far from here, and my mm-hmm. drums are here. So I'm just come over, and there's no time restraint anymore. Yeah, right. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is uh, nice. I just listen to stuff and go, like, oh, "Let me work on that part. Let me work on that transition. Let me do this." So that way, when we all get together, it's just like. Hey, I was working on this. Can we run on this a little bit? Um, mm-hmm. Also, hey, I want to complicate that part you did. That was pretty simple because it will sound cooler <laughs> if it's more complicated. Right. 
This is an ongoing theme, but I don't know why Bob still talks to me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, ideas are good. I'm a big fan of ideas. All of them. This is whether everything works all the time everywhere. <laughs> everyone else it doesn't. Do it. it doesn't. But at least it does. put it you out know, Sometimes there. it does. You know, that's yeah. what it is. You know, I think you got to find all the ideas that work that don't work before you land on right. the ones that do, you know? Right. That's so, why when we have, like, I mean, compromise like, oh. is inescapable, right, for a sure. band. Sure. You know, it's like a marriage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very much so, you know? Yeah. 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 Definitely. I have to ask you one question, Agnes. Like, sure. um, do your the students you work with or the parents they know you're in octus? They you know you're in heavy band. Yeah, <laughs> I occasionally. I actually I, I do mention it to my students sometimes, um, especially because I do occasionally have to like take a personal day in order to play a concert out of yeah. state. Um, and I do I do tell the kids about um, about my music, um, especially because like even though like it is a heavy band, like yeah. we are appropriate, you know, like and um. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, um, so... Uh, Read Carl Sagan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I do occasionally mention it to them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the kids I teach aren't into metal. Um, but I do... I think that they appreciate knowing that their teacher is an active performer. Yeah. And that, you know, that if you practice your instrument... I tell them all the time, I'm like, if you practice, you could be a tiny... I call them tiny rock stars all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I let them know what I'm up to. And uh, I think they appreciate that. Even though they're not really into the genre, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love teaching. I've been doing it for 10 years now. This you're is my 10 tenth years, year. Yeah. yeah. So you're a lifer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for interviewing us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Blast. yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, oh, my awesome. hug, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Hugs around. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for caring about Octus. Oh man, I love Octus. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves.